Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, editor here at EM360, and your host on today's episode. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you go for your podcast needs. In today's episode, I'm joined by Paul Speciale, Chief Marketing Officer at Scality. We're going to be talking about the storing, managing, and utilization of unstructured data. Paul, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. That's a pleasure to have you. Uh, could you just give us a little bit of background on um, who you are and what you do? Sure, absolutely. I am the chief marketing officer at a company called Scality. Uh, we are a 12-year-old company that started in Paris, France, but has spread to be a mini global company. Uh, we actually today sell our storage, uh, data storage technology across the planet. Essentially, we have customers in 52 countries, and we really do focus on what you talked about, which is storing essentially massive amounts of unstructured data, uh, but it's starting to broaden beyond this unstructured data. So I'm sure we can talk about that. And my role here is to run the marketing, the uh, the marketing, corporate marketing team. Good stuff. Thank you for that. Um, so just to sort of like jump straight into the sort of basics surrounding today's topic, what, what trends and forces are causing this huge growth in data that we're hearing about at the moment? Yeah, I think this is a, you know, the top level thing on many people's minds, especially in you know, corporate data centers. If you look at, you know, let's zoom out to maybe like 20 or 30 years ago, a lot of businesses were still very analog. You know, if you think about the healthcare industry, I still remember going to doctor's offices where they were filling out paper, right? And, and they were looking at x-rays and uh, other scans on charts and films. So much of this has become digitized over the last two decades. I think one of the forerunners of this is the media and entertainment business. I mean, I'll remember getting a CD or a DVD in the email, in the mail from from Netflix. Media became digitized. That's data storage. The healthcare industry with all of their digital scans and electronic patient records. So, just think about the trends of digitization within the enterprise. There almost isn't a business today that doesn't have that. You know, I'll give you one other data point. You used to have to call a travel agent to travel, right? Now we do these things online. We have one customer that actually serves a billion travel searches per day, right? All of that's data. They not only capture the searches, but they then go look at it for patterns so that they can figure out how to price it. So that, those are big forces. I think those have been go- ongoing for quite a while. But now, of course, the cloud is there. We have a no- whole new emerging tier that people talk about called the edge, those are all going to be places where we create, store, manage data and process it. So there's really no shortage of different forces, but I would say those are kind of the macro trends. And the vast majority of the data that you're kind of mentioning is unstructured. Could you just run us through a little bit about what is unstructured data and what are the challenges involved in the storing, managing and utilizing of unstructured data? Yeah, unstructured data, the way to think about it is that it's anything that really doesn't fit cleanly into the rows and columns of a traditional database, like a relational database. You know, those are perfect for record-oriented data, right? A list of employees, a list of patients, you know, the, the simple data elements like the name, the age, the height, you know, that's structured data. And that is exactly a perfect fit for the technology that's been around for a long time, the database world. But now what we're seeing is more of this freeform data in the form of different types of files, you know, so video data, images, 
documents. But think beyond that, right? It can even be log data coming out of sensors, can be backups. You know, so we say unstructured data because the backup is a file, but what we're backing up may be a database, right? So that's why this line gets a little bit blurry. But in general, we're talking about anything that doesn't really fit cleanly into a database. Why does it, why is that the growing part? Because it's voluminous, right? I mean, think about the size of an image or a video. It's probably an order of magnitude bigger than a record that you'd store in a database, right? But we're also just consuming more content, more unstructured content. I mean, we all spend our weekends looking at, uh, you know, entertainment uh, through videos, um, image data is everywhere, surveillance data, think about that. And I think it's kind of easy to see why that tends to be like five to one, the data that corporations are starting to store versus database structured data. And it's actually now like 80% of the growth, even in the corporation. So when it comes to unstructured data, where does protection from ransomware and, and those kind of threat actors come into play? Yeah, it's a really, really hot topic right now. I, I, you know, One of the things that we do in the solutions that we provide is that we enable what's called immutable data. So think about what a ransomware actor tries to do. They try to penetrate security systems and go after corporate data. Right. They want to essentially somehow take it hostage. And usually their mechanism for doing that is to encrypt it. Right. Then they'll demand a ransomware payment. And if you pay the ransom, then they'll, you know, ostensibly uh, unencrypt it and give the data back to you. What we provide is the ability to store that data in an immutable fashion. Okay, so what does that mean? Immutable means that once you've stored it and you express a retention period, so you say for the next 60 days or next three months or whatever the period is, that data is immutable. And that means it cannot be deleted, it cannot be modified, it cannot be overwritten, okay? So guess what this does? It entirely prevents ransomware or other malware from modifying the data. So it's kind of another line of defense against ransomware protection, and it assures that even if ransomware actors have attacked other data, you still have this copy and it's protected and it cannot be modified. We extend it actually one step further and make it impossible for even malicious internal actors to modify the data. So if you put this retention period on, you actually can put it into a mode that we could say is compliance mode. For that duration of time, absolutely nobody can modify or delete that data. So that's directly you know, a protection strategy against ransomware. And what options do organizations have when it comes to this kind of storage and management? And what can organizations be looking for when selecting a storage solution for cloud, on-prem, even uh, edge deployments? Yeah. So for many years, you know, there were lots of traditional storage technologies to store data. You know, things like file systems have been around a long time. You know, even desktop storage, when, when volumes of data were small enough, those were all very adequate solutions, right? But now we're starting to deal with not just terabytes, but petabytes and tens of petabytes. And even in some corporations beyond that, the whole equation changes, right? So you need some other kind of solution that can grow, that can scale. You know, so things like cloud storage have become popular. Uh, the type of technology that we've been involved in for a long time is called object storage. It's a very scalable solution for doing that. But I think now corporations are looking for solutions that make it the simplest to manage, right? What you don't want is, it takes me one uh, full-time person to manage a terabyte, but I need 100 to manage a petabyte. That wouldn't be scalable, right? Plus, you wouldn't be able to find the skill sets. So the real art of this now is to find a way to store 
all of these, you know, massive amounts, 10 to 100 times more data, but to keep the people cost rather flat, right? Because we want to be able to do this with the, the staff that we have now. Yeah. And, and what would you kind of say is the hottest topic in the data storage industry right now? Well, I think the real problem that's emerging is the other trend is that for a long time, corporations were trying to centralize everything, right? Put it all back in the corporate data center and manage it there. And that would give them some simplicity, right? Because now you have one location, even though you might have within that hundreds of devices to manage. But what started happening in you know the 2006, 2007 uh, uh, era was really the cloud, right? So now you had Amazon starting to come out the door. You had a lot of regional service providers. All of a sudden, it gets tempting to put some data there, right? So now you're proliferating the number of locations where data lives. Um, it's getting even worse today. You know, now you start thinking about edge locations like you know, airports, that's not a traditional data center, right? A cruise ship, they need IT infrastructure, they need entertainment. You know, how do you manage data when it's in hundreds of locations? And I think that's a really big problem just in managing distributed data, hyper-decentralized data. And I think what we look for now is solutions that can once again simplify that, right? Because it's it's a problem that really quickly gets out of control you know, I'll, I'll draw one other analogy. 20 years ago, VMware came out to really solve this problem of server sprawl, right? So they invented virtualization. The same thing has been needed now in storage for quite a while. This way to sort of consolidate at least the view of the data that you have and provide a simpler, more cost-effective way to manage all that. Yeah, and as, as you quite rightly mentioned, you know, the, the kind of landscape of data has changed so much in the sort of the last 10, 20 years when we when we talk about the cloud and those kind of things. Where do you see the world of data sort of going, maybe by sort of like 2030, 2040? Where do you kind of see all of these trends kind of heading towards? Yeah, I think the, the key thing that people are going to want, you know, honestly, we still see lots of different solutions out there. People or corporations still probably have five different types of technology for managing data storage. They are going to have this decentralized problem, right? So I think where we're evolving to is the ability to kind of decouple the management from the location of the data, right? Think of it kind of as a control plane that sits on top of this these disparate locations, right? I want a dashboard that lets me see that I have data in 10 locations or wherever it might be. And it doesn't care that the data might live on the cloud, it might live in a file system or an object store. Uh, it might still even live on tape. Uh, believe it or not, you know, despite us, you know, talking about the death of tape for 30 years, it's still around. Uh, there are customers that still want it for very cold storage. But being able to manage this lifecycle data end to end for very long term, I think because people are keeping data on longer, and to do that with sort of this single control plane that knows where the data is, it's intelligent, it can manage it. It can even move the data, right? So data's hot for some moment of time when you create it and you're interested in it. But since you want to keep it and it gets cold, you might want to at some point have a policy that moves it off to something cheaper. So I think that higher level abstraction, that interface, that dashboard is is where this is all heading. Yeah, I think that I think that's really interesting. Um, could you just tell us a little bit as well about sort of Scality Ring and Arteska and how Scality is helping customers with their unstructured data? Yeah, sure. So our Ring product has now been in the market for quite a while, over a decade. It was originally built really to solve a very discrete problem. And that was one um, I talked about a, f- a few minutes ago. The cloud started emerging in 2006 and 7. 
there were lots of service providers that wanted to start building their own cloud services, you know, to essentially compete with Amazon and the other large cloud vendors. They needed a software defined infrastructure for doing that. You know, what they were talking about was building huge scale cloud services, you know, things like backup as a service or storage as a service, or even, you know, web-based email. They need to store those emails somewhere. Really the solutions that were available around that time frame were fairly limited, right? They weren't designed for this cloud scale. Uh, you know, you could buy an array, a storage array at that time and store some number of terabytes in it. Then you'd need another one and another one. So Ring was really meant to solve that growth problem and to do so in software. That was really the key innovation, to decouple it from the underlying hardware. So you could buy any type of server, you could add more servers, and the Ring software would just know how to grow and protect the data across that. That does a great job today for data within the corporate enterprise. It's designed for these on-premises data centers. But now as we see this new world of edge computing, you know, different locations, you need a solution that's in a sense more lightweight, more portable, and that's what our Tesco is all about. It's really about capturing data in a very lightweight uh, form factor, uh, but also being able to do to deploy that and manage the data and even mobilize it back to the cloud. So, for example, let's say you have a factory location on the edge. You know, you might have some sensors capturing data in, you know, ten different factory locations, but you want to centralize that data. Our Tesco can capture it but then you can send it back to an Amazon cloud or send it back to a ring in a data center. Think about that as perfect for edge data. And where can people go if they want to learn more about uh, Ring and Artesco? Well, our website, www.scality.com, provides lots of information, not only on the solutions that we provide, but what use cases we solve. You know, we talked a lot about media and healthcare. Uh, there's lots of under, other industries that have the problems we talked about, you know, in financial services and and even in government agencies, it has a lot of information about the solutions we provide uh, for those different industries and those different workloads. And then it'll talk more and more about the product. Sweet, sweet. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Paul. It was really, really great to get insights. Thank you, Matt. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. And also thank you to everyone listening. We hope you took a lot away from today's discussion. But for further information on what we've discussed today, head on over to scality.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. But until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, please head on over to EM360Tech.com. Mm-hmm.